so we're continuing our little series on Bring It All to Peace. And I wrote the series, I wrote the topic for this morning, and then changed my mind about what I was going to talk about this morning. So if you are aware of what the topic for this morning was meant to be, it was meant to be places of peace. Forget that. Forget that. That's old news. We're going to do something else. What we're going to talk about this morning is how can I find peace? And in addition to that, this tricky, tricky, tricky word, peace. It's all very well as throwing it around, talking about it in lots and lots of different contexts, because in classic fashion, in English, the word peace, we're asking it to do a lot of heavy lifting. But when we say peace, we can mean a whole range of different things. So when the Bible talks about peace, what's it talking about? A few years ago, I was fortunate enough to visit this place. This is the island of Iona, and it's in the uh, off the Western Isles of Scotland, and it is incredibly remote. It's incredibly bleak because it's pretty flat, so the wind comes in off the sea and just skids across the island. And there's a beautiful little monastery there called the Iona Community. And that little cross you can see outside, I've actually got one of those on my desk. And it is an incredible place. You feel very close to nature, and it's incredibly quiet and peaceful, as we would say. And you find yourself thinking, if I was part of that community, I would find peace easy. It would be so easy to live a peaceful life on an island away from, well, other people. Um, in the midst of beautiful nature. You can imagine the rhythm of life there being very simple. And you can imagine a life that is just full of peace. But then you look at our lives in this city and you think how do I reconcile that sense of peace that longing for peace in a monastery on a deserted island with the craziness of life in our city day by day in our workplaces our streets our communities our schools our colleges and what we tend to do when we live this hectic busy life is start to think how can I find more peace and so what I'm going to talk about this morning is a bit of a personal journey that I've been on around this subject. Because there are three ways I think I try to find peace. When I'm feeling stressed, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm full of busyness, how do I find peace? Well, the first is I often look to nature. I look to nature to get outside, to be somewhere beautiful in an attempt to find some sense of peace. The second thing I tend to do to want to find peace is take control. That when I feel stressed or anxious about a situation, I try to manage the heck out of it. I try to take control of it. I try to deal with the detail. I find it quite hard sometimes letting go of things and letting other people perhaps take things forwards. And the third way I tend to think I would have more peace is if my life was simpler. If my house was emptier. If my diary was emptier then maybe I would find some sense of peace. Who here is looking at that picture and just thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if that was our lounge? <laughs> if only our house could look like that. Simplicity, it's a very attractive thing. And as I was preparing this talk, um, I took some time in prayer, and the verse that leapt out at me, and it just kept coming back to me, was this one from John, from John's Gospel. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. My peace I give to you. So often when we think about peace, we think about peace as the absence of things. That to be peaceful is to have the absence of stress. Maybe to be in a peaceful place is to be in a place with the absence of sound of other people. So often when we define peace using our English words, we're talking about a space that is lacking some things that would rob us of peace. The classic definition of that is to do with war. And Pete talked very powerfully about being peacemakers last week. That will be uploaded this week and available to listen to this week. And the point there is, when in the New Testament we read the word peace, sometimes it's talking about the absence of conflict, the absence of war. And typically that's what the Greek word for peace means. But often when Jesus talks about peace, he's talking about something that is positive. He's talking about this biblical concept of shalom. Now, shalom peace is not about absence at all. Shalom peace is the positive well-being in yourself and the positive well-being and wholeness of your relationships with God, your relationships with others, and your relationship with um, with, um, creation. And what we see is this shalom wholeness in the beginning of Genesis in Eden, that beautiful picture of being with God and experiencing wholeness. Because that's the key point. When you read the Old Testament, the concept of peace is linked to the presence of God. It's God's presence that brings wholeness and peace. So when we think about Jesus talking about peace, when he says to someone he's just healed, peace be with you, he's not saying, I hope you don't have any more conflict in your life. He's saying, because I've healed you, You are now restored to community. You can worship in the synagogue. I've done something positive in your life, and now you can experience wholeness, healing, well-being as you go forwards from this place. Interestingly, after he dies, Jesus' greeting with his disciples was, peace be with you. Because of his death and resurrection, it was now possible for the disciples to experience healing, wholeness, reconciliation with God, and that Peace, that shalom, wholeness of peace be with you. It's no mistake that Paul, in all his letters, when he writes to the early church, what is his greeting to them? Grace and peace. He's not saying grace and absence of conflict. He's saying grace and may you experience the wholeness that comes from your relationship with God. It's a positive, not a negative. So back to my three things. When I think about nature... And going out into nature in the search of peace. This is a photo I took last week in the promised land. So obviously, (laughs) we went across to Wales. And so we spent a week in Wales because we were visiting family. So we found a place to stay nearby. And I got to spend a lot of time in nature. And it was very, very beautiful. And I really, really enjoyed it. And this is the point. We mustn't confuse peace with having a rest. Resting's good. Sleeping in, going for walks, not thinking about work, these are good things. But it's not quite what God means by peace, because that kind of peace is temporary. It lasts for precisely the amount of time you are in that place, as I discovered on the M4 on the way home. (laughs) 
So literally, on the M4, coming up to Swansea, my heart rate starts getting higher and higher as I start to think about all the things I need to do this week. And my stress level goes up, my anxiety level goes up, and lo and behold, it was as if I'd never been away. And that's the nature of this type of peace. It's temporary. It's interesting. Jesus says, the peace I'm giving you, I don't give as the world gives. Because often the world gives in a way that is either temporary or that is in re- wanting something in return. Jesus says, I'm going to give you something that will last. Because this is the thing. Peace, true peace, true wholeness is found in a person, not a place. If you're looking for peace, stop looking for a place but engage with Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It's when we relate to him, when we have a relationship with him, when we turn to him, when we go to him with our problems, with our worries, our concerns, that is where we find a peace that lasts. If we do what in Alcoholics Anonymous they call polygeographic, which is remove yourself from one situation and place yourself in another in the hope that that will solve all of your problems, what you will find is... The problems have gone with you because you went with you. And there's no such thing. So the reality is, if you're looking for places to give you peace, you're going to be disappointed. So if you're here this morning because you're looking to engage with something spiritual, you're thinking, I want to come to a church, I want to know what what spirituality has to offer. You're here because you find it a calm environment. You enjoy the singing. But what you're actually looking for is a peace that can go with you when you leave this place then the question is, do you know Jesus? Because without Jesus, you will not have lasting peace. So I'd encourage you this morning, if you're looking for peace, come and get to know Jesus. And if that's you, I'd love to talk to you after the service. Come and talk to me or one of the other leaders, or maybe a friend that you've come with that you trust. Talk to them about how you can get to know Jesus and experience something of his peace. For me, how do I spend time with Jesus? How can I engage with Jesus and find more of his peace? And it's really untrendy to say this, but the reality for me is silence. It's spending time in silence. That as I spend time in silence, focusing on Jesus, I find peace. I find his presence. I find a closeness with him that then equips me to go forward from that place. So I'd really challenge you, if you've never done this before, maybe take some time out this week. Start small. Don't go for an hour the first time you try it. Maybe just try and spend a couple of minutes in silence thinking about Jesus. And then next time, a few more minutes and see if you can build it out. There are lots of great resources out there to help you. So if if you'd like to know some suggestions, I've got some stuff I can recommend. I know Jeremy probably has got plenty as well. Um, If you're interested in exploring silence as a way of connecting with, with Jesus. So that's why nature, a place, doesn't give us peace, but a person does. The second point is about taking control. Now, I don't know about you, but I am someone who, as I've said, wants to wrestle control away from other people sometimes and wants to take control so that I can experience some sort of peace. I can feel calm because I know I've got it all under control. But it's such an illusion, isn't it? Control is such a slippery animal. When you just think you've got it, it just about escapes from you again and suddenly something else has gone wrong and suddenly you've lost control. And the reality is when it comes to peace, 
If we try to find peace by striving, by earning, by grabbing hold of, it will always be one step ahead of you. Because peace is a gift we receive, not something we can earn. It's something that Jesus gives us. It's a gift. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. It's a gift from him to us. It's not something we can earn. It's a gift of grace from God to us. And that means we receive it by doing the exact opposite of wrestling control. We gain it by surrendering. By stopping, by pausing and saying, actually God, this thing that's causing me anxiety and stress, this thing that I'm wrestling with, this thing that I'm dealing with, actually, do you know what? I'm going to bring it to you and say, your will be done, not mine. Your kingdom come, not mine. And there's something about surrender, something about giving these things up, that in exchange, there's this beautiful swap or transaction that happens, is as we give that to God, he gives us peace in return, and we're able to move forwards. Oh, simplicity. Oh, how we long for simplicity. Oh, how I long for simplicity in my life. There's a new TV show called Sort Your Life Out. And how many of us would love to empty our houses into a warehouse and then only take back in the things that, to mix the metaphor with Marie Kondo, spark joy, for instance? My wife got really into the Marie Kondo approach a little while ago, and here we are, 10 years later, and Dave Roderick's the only member of our household who still Marie Kondos his T-shirts. I fold them in a particular way so you can see them as you open the drawer. Yeah, see? It's because I'm trying to get some measure of control in the chaos that is my house. My T-shirt drawer is that haven of tranquility in the midst of the mayhem. Anyway, enough about my problems. <laughs> but anyway, we all long to sort our lives out by... Effectively, if we could just push everything to one side and then only take back the things we like, the things we want. And dare I say, be that relationships, jobs, tasks, belongings, things that we want to do in the future. If we could just shape and hone this simple, pure, perfect life for ourselves that only contains the elements that we want, then everything would be wonderful. But again... This idea of simplicity, that stripping things away, the taking away of things, is not how peace works. Simplicity is a good thing. It's a good thing for all of us in this consumerist 21st century to consume less and live simpler lives. Don't get me wrong. But the point is, as I've said, peace is something rather than isn't something. Peace is found in the positive, not the negative. So if we're looking for peace through absence, by removing things from our lives, then possibly we're going about it the wrong way. Because Jesus didn't say, I came that you might have lives that are emptier, did he? He came and he said, I have come that you may have life to the full. You may have life and have it to the full. A full life, a, a life of fullness, not emptiness. Now, that's a real shame because the idea of somehow taking all my stuff, giving it to God, emptying my life, and then having this kind of beautiful, zen, calm life for the rest of my life, it seems really attractive. The weird thing, though, is if that's what Jesus was offering, why does he then say, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid? 
So he says, here's my peace, but do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So to me, when I read that, it kind of sounds a little bit like he's saying, I'm going to give you peace, but stuff's going to happen when you are going to feel frightened, when you're going to feel stressed, when you're going to be troubled. So he's not saying you're going to have a life when you accept his peace of absolute zen calm. Lovely as that would be. I wish I could tell you that was the case, but I can't. Because Jesus is saying he wants us to have life in all its fullness. Now, fullness, the life of fullness, comes when we seek first the kingdom of God. And seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness brings stuff into your life. It brings people into your life, situations into your life, opportunities into your life, challenges into your life. And Jesus says, in the midst of all of that, how are you going to behave? How are you going to handle these things? I'm going to give you peace, wholeness, well-being, and that's going to be a bit of a journey with you and me together. But as we're going through this journey, how are you going to respond to these situations? And effectively, we face a choice. That when we face tricky situations, whether at work, at home, or because we're doing something, you know, maybe we're helping at the food bank or whatever it may be, we find a situation and we have a choice. We can either choose to be troubled, frightened, stressed, angry, or we can choose to say, do you know what? I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to take that path. I'm choosing peace. I'm going to turn to Jesus and ask him for peace. That when I respond, I respond out of that peace rather than out of anger, fear, and stress. Because that's the reality. How does it go when we respond out of fear, anger, and stress? Badly. Nearly always it goes horribly wrong. If, however, we respond out of a place of peace, we are far more likely to make the good choice, to say the good thing to keep the outcome that we're aiming for in mind rather than the short-term win of making the other person feel small. But I don't want to rob all of the topics from Sally's talk on relationships, so I'll stop. (laughs) So I'll stop there. But the point I'm making is that peace in many ways starts with how we respond and the choice we make. So someone once said, peace has to be within us before it's around us. You can't engineer peace around you if you haven't got peace yourself. Or to put it another way, we have to be peaceful before we can be peaceful. Do you see what I did there? Totally meaningless play on words. But the point I'm making is, if we have peace within us, we increase the possibilities that in our relationships around us, we will experience peace. If you are a raging hot mess of fear, anger, and stress, how much peace do you think there's going to be in your relationships and in your home or workplace? It starts with us experiencing God's peace. So we face a choice. And the choice is very simple. I've put it this way. Are you an escalator or a de-escalator? Okay? This week, do you want to be an escalator or a de-escalator? When you face situations, when you face difficult choices, are you going to turn to Jesus and accept his gift of peace and de-escalate? Or are you going to ride it all the way up and see what mayhem ensues? 
That's the choice we always face. And I've been in countless situations and around so many different people. And you quickly begin to recognize people who are escalators and people who are de-escalators. And I think the challenge for us, if we want to go out into the world as peacemakers, we have to learn to be de-escalators. We have to be learning every time to choose the path of peace, the path of Jesus, rather than the way of this world. Seeking revenge, seeking violence, seeking your will, your rights. We need to see what God is saying in that situation. And if we do that, then we can become peace bearers. It was it was Joe's, at the end of Joe's sermon, she, at the end of Joe's prayer rather, she mentioned the fact that we would be peace bearers. And here's the thing, if we are made in the image of God, Jesus is God, Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace, then in some way, we, as we are image bearers of God in the world, we are to be peace bearers. We are to take that peace that we receive and bless others with it. It's not just all about us and what we can get or gain from this relationship with God. Once again, in all our dealings with God, he gives us so we can give away. He blesses us so we can bless. He gives us peace so we can share that with others. So as we go into our workplaces, our schools, our colleges this week, are we going to choose to be peace bearers? To think of yourself in every meeting, every interaction, every relationship, as someone who's bringing peace and looking to see peace grow and flourish in the relationships and situations around you. A little while ago, I mentioned the Iona Monastery. And at the start of this year, um, someone mentioned this book to me, so I borrowed it. And it's a fascinating book because it's about a guy who started off in a monastery on the Solomon Islands. I don't know if you've ever seen the Solomon Islands. They look beautiful. White beaches, palm trees, if you like, the uh, Pacific Island equivalent of Iona with coconuts. Um, And he was in a monastery, a very simple monastery on the Solomon Islands. And then he moved from the Solomon Islands to the Church of St. Martin in the Fields. Now, if you don't know where St. Martin in the Fields is, it's the big old church right on the side of Trafalgar Square. So he exchanged white sand, blue sea, palm trees, coconuts, for inner-city London, working with refugees, asylum seekers, the poor, the homeless. And the fascinating thing is, how do you do that? How does your brain cope with going from solitude, silence, and peace to the mayhem in central London? And the point he would make is, They're not so different because it's about his attitude and his relationship with Jesus, not the circumstances. So he cultivated in the heart of London a rhythm and pattern of life. He calls it the Nazarene community, where he invites others to join in with him in practicing these basic principles of silence, spending time with Jesus, asking Jesus to help and transform situations. And he's found a sense of peace in the midst of one of the busiest cities in the world. So this is what we're talking about, this idea that ultimately there is a peace that Jesus gives us that can transcend our circumstances. Because peace is found in him and him alone, 
It's something we receive as a gift that requires us to surrender. But it is the key to living a full life, but not a quiet life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for the gift of Jesus, the Prince of Peace to us. That by his spirit we can experience his presence with us. And it is in the overflow of his presence that we find peace. And so we take a moment now to welcome you, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. Would you come and fill us afresh? May we know you are near, that you are here. That your promise is that you will never leave us or forsake us. And that you can give us a peace that lasts. And that's our prayer this morning, Lord. We want to, first of all, surrender all our stuff. We take a moment now to think of some of the things that are stressing us out or causing us anxiety or or stress. And we just want to bring them to you now, Lord, and lay them at the feet of the Lord who loves us. And as we let go, Lord, we receive from you your peace. Recognizing it is a gift. It is your grace to us that in your mercy and love you offer us. And we receive it now. And as we receive your peace, Lord, I pray that you would help us this week to bear it to others. To be peace bearers in this troubled world. To be people of peace. As we love and serve Jesus. Amen.